You're listening to the 49 Carats Podcast, a 49ers goldmine production with Stephanie Sanchez. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another edition of the 49 Carats Podcast. I'm your host, Steph. It is Saturday, March 2nd, and we got some big news to talk about. And I waited to the end of the day because, you know, Saturdays are my day to touch grass and go outside and be under the sun and all that stuff. But the 49ers don't care about that. They do not care about that. And they broke some news per Adam uh, Schefter here saying that the 49ers hired both Nick Sorensen and Brandon Staley, but to two different roles. So 49ers defensive passing game specialist, Nick Sorensen, the internal hire, he is going to be the 49ers new defensive coordinator, while Brandon Staley, former Chargers head coach, is going to be hired for a prominent staff role possibly assistant head coach. So as of right now, everyone is assuming that Brandon Staley is probably going to be operating under the title of assistant head coach for the San Francisco 49ers this upcoming season. But at the end of the day, we really have no idea. Like the actual title for Brandon Staley hasn't actually been announced yet by the team or from you know other sources so right now it's very still vague and so a lot of people have questions about this move a lot of people have thoughts about this move and you know I'm gonna open up the floor for you guys I'm gonna let you call in if you want you know I I put my stream yard link below so if you guys want to pop in And say your thoughts. If you're camera shy, that's okay. You don't have to go on camera. That's okay. Go audio only. That's fine. Uh, If you're too shy for even that, let me know in the comments what you think about this move. Because I'm going to tell you what I think about this move. All right? First of all, on, you know, the first time I saw the tweet, I was like, damn, man. Like, damn. Because, okay. I know the 49ers were sniffing around on bigger names for this uh, defensive coordinator position. We actually found out yesterday, Friday, that the 49ers had flirted with Steve Spagnuolo, Chiefs defensive coordinator, who they just won the Super Bowl with, Steve Spagnuolo, that guy. Uh, The 49ers were interested in him. His contract was up with the Chiefs after the Super Bowl. The 49ers sniffed around. Days after the Super Bowl, the Chiefs extended him. Not a surprise, I guess, given the fact that the 49ers were, you know, they I guess they kind of pushed the issue there. So 49ers locked him up. But the 49ers were going out for big names. And there were the rumors that the 49ers were interested, called Bill Belichick, you know, this offseason shortly after the Super Bowl. And Bill Belichick supposedly was not interested. But you can't be mad at the 49ers for going after the big fish and trying to make something happen here, trying to make a splash move with their defensive coordinator position. Now, also in the midst of all this, they did, of course, interview with a couple of internal candidates, one being... Uh, defensive passing game specialist Nick Sorson, and the other being uh, the defensive backs coach Daniel Bullocks. Those were the only two internal 
um, candidates that the 49ers interviewed for the defensive coordinator position. Now, as for the external candidates, Brandon Staley was one of them. You guys might know him or, or might recognize him as the most recent head coach for the Los Angeles Chargers. But before that, he was the defensive coordinator of the Los Angeles Rams in uh, 2020. And he did quite well in that role. All right. But a lot of you guys remember only the Chargers. And I don't blame you. He was the Chargers head coach for a couple of seasons. That didn't go quite well. And so he was one of the candidates for the 49ers. One of the other candidates, external candidates, was uh, David Merritt or Dave Merritt, Chiefs. Uh, I believe he was the Chiefs defensive backs or secondaries coach for them, you know, currently under Steve Spagnolo. He was an interesting name, definitely intriguing. Uh, and then the other person that they interviewed was, uh, I'm forgetting his name right now, but he was from the Raiders staff. He had actually just been hired uh, by the Raiders staff as something as Alexander, I want to say. But anyway, I, I mean, they had to abide by the Rooney rule, which required them to interview with two minority candidates um, you know, before they could announce who they were going to go with, before they could even choose who they were going to go with, right? So they got that out of the way with Alexander and with uh, Dave Merritt. So that kind of left them with these, this pool of names that we have. There were a lot of names that people speculated, that people thought, including Ulbrich, Jeff Ulbrich, who is the current Jets defensive coordinator. That was too complicated. The Jets were not going to allow it, so that did not, you know, have any wheels. That Nothing moved there. So the 49ers end up going with their internal candidate, Nick Sorison, who, as I mentioned, is the 49ers' uh, uh, he was the defensive passing game specialist and the Nichols coach uh, for the team. Prior to that, in 2022, he was a 49ers defensive assistant. Prior to that, he was a Jaguars special teams coordinator. Prior to that, Nick Sorison uh, was the Seattle Seahawks secondary coach. He served in that position for three years. He was with the Seahawks from 2013 to 2020. And that is during the Legion of Boom era. So he has quite some experience um, in some good defenses. Now, the one knock on Nick Sorson is that he never had the play calling experience, which is a nice to have, I think, for a defensive coordinator, a new defensive coordinator. Um, but this will be... Sorensen's first time serving as a defensive coordinator and so this will be his first time uh being a play caller for the team now where does Brandon Staley fit into all this that's the question that is on everyone's mind so Brandon Staley who as I mentioned was uh the Chargers head coach from 2021 to 2023 he was just fired this past offseason um you know, he is, I think we can assume he's going to be the assistant head coach. That's what Adam Schefter kind of alluded to when he said possibly assistant head coach. He's going to have a prominent role within the team. And I don't think it would surprise anyone if in that title, in that role, assistant head coach was involved just because 
Anthony Lynn, who served as the 49ers assistant head coach this past season in 2023, uh, he left to the commanders this off season. So that left a space for an assistant head coach for the 49ers if they needed it. And I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what I think. And again, people watching, let me know what you think in the comments. Feel free to call in, but I'll tell you what, what I think. I think Nick Sorsen, probably not the same candidate as Robert Sala, probably not the same kind of candidate as D'Amico Ryans when the 49ers hired them. I know a lot of people are drawing parallels to that and saying, hey, well, Sala was a nobody when the 49ers hired them, hired him as a defensive coordinator. D'Amico Ryans was a nobody when the 49ers hired him as a uh, as defensive coordinator. So a lot of the same questions that people have about Nick Sorison or a lot of the same reservations that people have about Nick Sorison applied to Sala and applied to D'Amico Ryans as well. That is true. I mean, that's true to an extent. But I also feel with Nick Sorsen, it's a little different because I don't feel like Nick's I like I'm not buying that Nick Sorsen was 49ers first choice. Was he a strong enough candidate to be hired? Absolutely. I mean, it's it's the reason that he was hired. But certainly was not their first choice. Like I said, they were going after some big fish and they technically did have an opportunity if they wanted to to make Nick Sorison the defensive coordinator last offseason after D'Amico Ryans left and they had to fill that position, right? So they didn't think to hire Nick Sorison at that point, and I don't blame them because at that point, Nick Sorison had only been with the team as a defensive assistant for one season. Like I said, 2022 season, he served as, a, as the defensive assistant. It was just this past season in 2023 when Steve Wilkes was the defensive coordinator that Nick Sorison served as the defensive pass game specialist and Nichols coach. So it makes sense in that regard that he had only been with the 49ers like a season to think, yeah, he wasn't ready to be or he wasn't our first candidate our first choice to be defensive coordinator after just one season of being the defensive assistant right I think that makes sense that tracks a lot but now being with this with the team for two years now as Nick Sorensen Nick Sorensen has been I think now maybe there's a little more slightly more confidence but I can see why there would still be some fear some apprehension to you know, making Nick Sorison the sole guy. He is still the defensive coordinator. That is still what he got hired to be, the defensive coordinator. But the decision to also hire Brandon Staley, I think, tells you that, you know, maybe they weren't 100% in on the idea of Nick Sorison. And he, again, he'd only been with the team for for two years like guys like Sala guys like D'Amico had been with Kyle Shanahan for some time um even before you know being promoted to defensive coordinator with Sorison it's a little bit different um because he's only been with the team for two years now so 
and and I think the fact that the 49ers, there was already some rifts with Steve Wilkes at the bye week, by midseason. The 49ers probably could have, if they really felt like it was an issue, they probably could have let go of Steve Wilkes during the bye week. I know it was something that like a lot of people discussed during the bye week, the possibility of that. Ultimately, that didn't end up happening. But if they felt like there was a strong enough candidate at that time, I think they would have done it, right? Wouldn't, wouldn't you have thought they would have done it? And so clearly, there wasn't a clear-cut defensive coordinator who they felt could step in, be the interim defensive coordinator for the rest of the season. There wasn't enough confidence in anyone internally to make that move. Um, and so during last off season and during the bye week, the inter- any internal candidates didn't seem to um have a lot of a- enough confidence from the 49ers to warrant the 49ers making that decision of okay, we're gonna go with an internal candidate. So finally, you know, this off season poking around a number of different big fish names, as I mentioned. Um, while also interviewing some of their internal candidates, those big fish names didn't really work out for the 49ers. So now it's like, okay, you know, Nick Sorson, he's not that bad <laughs> after being rejected by uh, so many other, uh, you know, candidates. It's like, you know, Nick Sorson, he's not that bad. Like, let's just make Nick Sorson the defensive coordinator. The players do like him. All right. Um, he does have a lot of experience, uh, you know, coaching different things like special teams. Uh, he, he was a defensive assistant. Then he was a Nichols coach. He has some experience as a player. We know the 49ers players do gravitate with that as, uh, you know, Sala and D'Amico were former players as well. And so Sorsen does fall in line with that. Um, yeah, so I think, look, I'm not trying to knock on Sorison at all. I think the 49ers do like him, but the addition and the decision to bring in Brandon Staley to me tells me that they weren't fully confident in Nick Sorison as a standalone defensive coordinator. And I also think that when they interviewed Brandon Staley, you know, they probably thought, hey, like, you know, this this guy's kind of bright. Like, this guy, and they, I'm sure they knew to an extent that already because he was part of Sean McVay's staff, like I said, in 2022 um, with the Los Angeles Rams. So there was some familiarity there. But I'm sure in that interview there were some things said by Brandon Staley that they did like, you know, even despite his head coaching role obviously being too much for him i think ultimately like there are some things that he does do well you know um head coaching is not one of them <laughs> at least not right now right i think we know that much but there are some things he does do well that the 49ers probably looked at, especially like in that interview, like some of those things maybe stood out as they were having conversations. They were like, you know what? Like we kind of like both of these guys. 
we have some reservations on Nick Sorison and giving everything to Nick Sorison. Like we kind of want to hedge a little bit. We kind of, we like some things about Brandon Staley, but we also don't want to give him the defensive coordinator position. Like don't know how that would work out. So in bringing the both together, I actually like it a little. I'm not dismissing it. That's what I'll say. I think it's way too early for us to make any definitive statements on what this will be. Sure, we can have opinions. Sure, we can have questions. But at the end of the day, like we don't know how this is going to work out. But I do think it's a good safety net because and I tweeted about this earlier. I said, you know, a lot of people, when it came to Nick Sorison, were kind of worried, well, is Nick Sorison ready to be a defensive coordinator? Brandon Staley, the addition of Brandon Staley there, will assure that, you know, Staley will help him with that learning curve of having to call plays and the game planning aspect of it all. So in that aspect, this is, it's a win-win. Whatever Staley does well will mesh with, Nick Sorison's, um, I guess, lack of experience. And so they'll help each other out in that regard. And what a lot of people didn't like about Brandon Staley, everyone pointed to the fact of, oh, God, like, no, the players did not like him. His defense was atrocious. His team didn't perform well. You know, all this stuff about Brandon Staley. That's the reason why a lot of people had second thoughts about Brandon Staley as a defensive coordinator candidate. But with this news, he's not going to be a head coach for the 49ers. So we don't have to worry about that part. That was never going to be part of the equation. And now we know he's not even going to be the defensive coordinator. So to me, I mean, it, What's the issue, right? Like, I, I keep asking, like, what's the issue? If you guys have an issue with it, I want to know. I did see someone say, and, and this one I will kind of think, I do think it's kind of fair. Someone uh, replied to my tweet saying that, and and they said, well, it undercuts Nick Sorsen as your defensive coordinator. Like, it shows you have no confidence in him. Um, And, you know, let me drink my water real quick. I mean, like, undercuts, maybe. But as long as Nick Sorison doesn't see it that way, then it's fine. Who cares what we think? As long as Nick Sorison is like, hey, actually, like, you know, this is my first time being a defensive coordinator. This is my first time, you know, calling plays. You know, I I don't know how good I'm going to be at it at the end of the day. Brandon Staley could be of use to me. Brandon Staley like could actually help show me the ropes. As long as there's that mutual like wanting to make this work and and there's a mutual like collaboration between Nick Sorison and Brandon Staley in making this uh you know defense everything we wished and hoped it would be, then it doesn't matter. Sure, like I, I think it's fair to say like it could undercut Nick Sorsen and it could show a lack of faith in him. But I think the lack of faith is like somewhat warranted because it's somewhat tied to Nick Sorsen not having that experience. And yeah, Sala and D'Amico also 
you know, had that lack of experience when they when they became defensive coordinators. But I think there's a different sense of urgency right now. I think the 49ers know they're in a window, right? And they were always like competing for a Super Bowl. But I think the fact that I mean they literally went to the Super Bowl this past season. You see all these con these big contracts. I mean, I think we all know this season coming up, 2024, is just as close to the end of their window as I think we can we can set our watch to. I mean, because I, I'm not saying that they can't extend their window past that. I'm just saying that when you look at everything else, there's a lot of factors that have to go the 49ers way for them to extend that window. So as of right now, I'm saying 2024 is that window. And maybe 2023 was their window. I mean, it could <laughs> it could have been. That was probably their best shot. And we saw what happened when the 49ers didn't have that great of a defensive coordinator um, and an underperforming defense given the personnel. We saw how that kind of worked out for the 49ers at the end of it. There were rumors that Kyle Shanahan had to have a hand in the defensive game plan. That's what you don't want. You never want that. If a head coach and slash your offensive coordinator is having to help out on defense and he's spreading himself way too thin. And I think like some of the execution things that we saw in the in the Super Bowl could have been a direct result of that because Kyle Shanahan's didn't have time, didn't, you know, he, he couldn't focus on any details because he was too busy, you know, having his hand in the defensive game plan and, and seeing how that was implemented and all those things. So with Brennan Staley, it just ensures that Kyle Shanahan won't have to worry about that because if Nick Sorison is not as good in the game planning aspect of it all, if he's not as good with the play calling aspect of it all, Brandon Staley will be right there to help him. So in my mind, it's like whatever flaws Nick Sorson and Brandon Staley have, maybe their strengths will kind of work together to help fill those. You know, that's that's kind of how I'm looking at it. But let me look at some of these comments here because I know you guys have been commenting, uh, letting me know what you guys think. Like I said, don't be shy. Don't be shy. This is like I am the shyest person in the world. Maybe up here talking by myself it doesn't seem like it, but I'm pretty shy. So if you want to call in, call in. We'll just be two shy people chopping it up, right? But uh, shout out to everyone uh, tuning in. Yeah, 49 Throwback says, hit that like button and subscribe. I agree. I totally agree. Um, what's going on, Edgar? Um, Forktail Devil says, I like 49ers swung for the fences, but now feels like emergency triage patchwork. Hopefully it works, though. I, I do kind of agree with that. Like, obviously, the 49ers were going after some big names. Didn't work out for them. Some of those big names, Bill Belichick, Steve Spagnuolo, uh, Jeff Ulbrich, none of those names worked out in the 49ers' favor. They were they were swinging big. They definitely were. Swinging for the fences. Uh, didn't work out for them. So that's why I'm like, yeah, obviously, like, Nick Sorsen probably wasn't their first choice, but it's the best choice of – people who wanted the job <laughs> and like i said brandon staley he's not 
bad as a defensive coordinator. Like he wasn't bad. Um, and I think having his expertise from the defensive side will help Nick Sorison come along to the things that he doesn't know as well. Um, you know, since this is a first time role for him too, uh, it should help Nick Sorison get that learning curve and get, you know, situated a lot quicker. But because you got to remember too, like when Sala and D'Amico Ryans became defensive coordinators, like I said, they didn't have the that experience before. They didn't have the defensive play calling experience before. And it took them about one year, at least one year, to really get situated and, and really become, I guess, familiar with the ins and outs of it all before they really took off running, right? And so the hope, I would assume, the hope with bringing Brandon Staley in is that Brandon Staley could help Nick Sorson get off to a quicker start, right? So that that's why I'm like, you know, I'm going to see how it plays out. I, I truly don't know. And we at the end of the day, we don't really know how this is going to play out. We'll, we'll get more information once we know what Brandon Staley's title will be and what his specific role within the 49ers is going to be. Right now, it's just an assumption that he will be at least the assistant head coach. I feel like that's a safe assumption. But as far as what hand or like how much of a hand he'll have in the defense, um, we don't know those details yet. So right now we're just kind of throwing opinions out there before really knowing anything. Born and Media said, I kind of thought they would hire Bullock's if it was internally. Yeah, I mean, Bullock's did interview. I mean, I think he was definitely a candidate, um, you know, obviously, because he interviewed. But uh, at the end of the day, I think Nick Sorsen maybe has more experience with the defense as a whole than maybe Bullock's did. Because here's one thing I'll say about Nick Sorsen, and you guys might have seen this before. The team calls him, is it the ball father or something like that? Yeah, something like that. Because he has, he runs the drills where, or meetings where all it is, is talking about the emphasis of takeaways. And ever since the 49ers started doing that, there has been an increase in takeaways. Um, and so that's not just a secondary thing. That's a full defense thing. There's also several images of him, you know, speaking to, the linebackers on the sideline, for example. So, you know, while he's not um, the immediate, uh, I guess, boss <laughs> boss man of the uh, of the linebackers or of the defensive line, you know, I think he does have a better, more experience with the defense as a whole than maybe Bullocks did. That would be my guess. That's the Again, that's just kind of my assumption. All right, let's get to more comments here. Forktail Devil says, I wanted Vrabel, but he must have politely declined early on like Belichick due to how he was barely reported about throughout the process. Yeah, I don't think we heard anything about the 49ers actually interviewing Vrabel or being interested in him at all, which I guess like a bit of surprise, but not really like, I don't know if Kyle Shanahan and Mike Vrabel would have jived with each other 
which is, you know, kind of important. Um, and so, yeah, but I, I guess I was surprised too, especially given the fact that they did poke around with those other big names. You would have thought, you know, Mike Braverell would have been one of those two. Portland <clears throat> Media points out, yeah, Brandon Staley and Kyle Shanahan have the same agent. He says, I'm honestly not surprised. I'm not either. When I found that out, it was like, uh, yeah. And when I found out that Staley had interviewed, I was, I kind of looked at it as, man, he's just doing him a favor because <laughs> like Kyle's doing Staley a favor. They have the same agent, you know, he's just wanting to put his name out there. So there'll be more interest for him. Never in my mind that I think that Brandon Staley would have actually been hired, but I think, also, there was a part of me that, that wouldn't be surprised if he would be. But yeah, guys, Colin, my I'm like, it's hard to talk for 30 minutes straight. <laughs> like, I mean, I drink a lot of water. <clears throat> 40 hours throwback said, Steph, never forget, Lynch said, don't count out Staley. He sure did. And that was just a few days ago. That was earlier in the week. and. That was strange. That was strange because, and I talked to Rob about this um, Tuesday. Yeah, it was Tuesday that he said that. And he and Rob was like, what does John Lynch care who we count out in the defensive coordinator search? Like, who cares what fans are, what fans think or what media thinks, right? And so it was weird. It was weird and a little suspicious that he said that. So maybe they already had that in mind just in case other candidates didn't really work out maybe they they figured they would bring in someone else for source and to kind of be a uh i don't know just a guide for him dennis yum says staley has set nfl record for allowing the most explosive plays and pass and run his defense wrecked 32nd for three years the only say, oh, the only thing I could say to that, Dennis, is that he's not going to be the defensive coordinator. So, like, we don't have to worry about that. And so that's what I'm saying. Like, if you're worried about how his defense performed with the Chargers, how his team with the Chargers performed, he's not going to be the head coach and he's not going to be the defensive coordinator. So it's like, I mean, he's not going to have a hand in – he's going to have a hand in what he's best at. I don't think the 49ers are going to put him in any position to do something that they know he's not good at. And I think we've seen what he's not good at. So it, it would surprise me if, you know, we saw Staley, I guess, have a hand in, in the 49ers uh, regression. I will say this, though. If Nick Sorison were to fail at the play calling thing, at, you know, like if the defense was underperforming, early in the season because Nick Sorson is the defensive coordinator because Nick Sorson is the defensive play caller. I think the 49ers would then feel confident in making a move mid season to Brandon Staley. If Nick Sorson fell on his face mid season, which I don't think he will, especially because he's going to have Brandon Staley as kind of a safety net and a guide to him. Um, but they're not going to let what happened last season with Steve Wilkes just kind of having to bite the bullet and stick with Steve Wilkes for 
the entire season, even though they knew by the bye week, this was not a good fit. Um, I don't see that happening, um, you know, this year. But just in case, they kind of hedged. That's that's part of the reason I think they brought in Brandon Staley. Um, yeah, 49er Media points out that the Chargers did have a lot of injuries, as they often do, and they have a lot of question marks. Yeah, that, that's true as well. But I also think the sample size with the Chargers is big enough to safely say that Brandon Staley probably probably not that guy as a head coach um you know and he did do well with the Rams in 2020 as we've mentioned he had a much better uh personnel he had a much better defense uh that year he's he will have a much better defense and Xorson will have a much better defense this year so the expectations I think will be high. My question is, what I'm wondering is, are the expectations for Nick Sorsen and Brandon Staley going to be as high as they were for Steve Wilkes? That's a good question, because Steve Wilkes had a ton of experience. Like, he's a veteran in the coaching world. Nick Sorsen, no experience play calling, no experience, like, no head coaching experience. Brandon Staley has a head coaching experience, which could help, I guess, in the grander scheme of things, maybe for Kyle. I don't know. Um, but I don't know. Will Nick Sorison have a longer leash than Steve Wilkes? I don't know. I mean, having Brandon Staley in the building definitely makes that question interesting, doesn't it? So, as we'll see. And early in the week, I'm sure the 49ers will have a press conference to announce all this. I'm sure they're going to get a lot of these questions that we kind of have in the back of our minds right now in that presser. And we'll see what they say. And we'll see how it plays out during the season. Um, yeah, Dennis Young, uh, Dennis Young says, trust me, there's nothing Staley does that's good. Maybe his yoga before the games. Hey. He doesn't mean cat and cow, man. I love me some yoga. You guys be hating on yoga, but yoga is great for you. All right. So I, I respect a man who does yoga. Um, putting out his throwback says, Steph, watch Brandon Staley bring Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack. So I think it's pretty much on record that Joey Bosa, not a big fan of Brandon Staley. So that probably uh, hurts the chances of Joey coming to San Francisco if there ever was a chance. And I'm kind of curious to know what Nick Bosa thinks about Brandon Staley, to be quite honest, because Nick has firsthand account from Joey of how Brandon Staley was. And of course, Brandon Staley, like I said, is not going to be the head coach of the 49ers. So it, it's going to be an entirely different role. Um, again, which we 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 don't know the details of quite yet, but hopefully it's in a role that Nick Bosa does not have a problem with, and you know the defense does not have a problem with. Because yeah, there's there's a lot of veteran guys who I think like Fred, like like Nick, and there was a lot of guys who like voiced their thoughts and their displeasure of Steve Wilkes and just like how the defense was being run. It, during the season, that's something you don't 
want to see happen again. It was just weird. And so the fact that Nick Sorsen is going to be the defensive coordinator, I think helps in, uh, you know, making sure that the players actually like Nick Sorsen, which they do. So that's already half the battle right there. It's not like some unfamiliar face, right? There's already a mutual respect. There's already um, a familiarity with him. So it's not like Nick Sorsen is going into a cold and having to make a first impression on on these players. So in that regard, it's positive. Brandon Stanley, on the other hand, I don't know how much face-to-face or, or player-facing uh, of a role he's going to have. I, I would imagine it's not much, like especially if it's in the game-planning aspect of it. You know, it's more so just being strategic and, you know, in the game plan of the X's and O's, but not so much like coaching the players, um, if I had to guess. Foxtel Devil says, to me, it's similar to Wilkes, though, ran different system and will have to adjust similarly. Not that he can't, but how long will it take is my concern. Wilkes, Wilkes never seemed to fully adjust. Um, who are you talking about, Foxtail? Are you talking about Sorensen or Staley? Because Staley's not like Staley's not the defensive coordinator, so he's not running the system here. Nick Sorensen, who is familiar with what the 49ers have been running for the past two seasons, and yes, that does include Steve Wolk's time, but the year before that, he was familiar with what D'Amico Ryans was running. Nick Sorensen is not going to change the system. There might be new wrinkles and all that stuff. But I agree with you, Wilkes, I think, did have some problems adjusting to that. And that was especially early on in the season. Um, and so I think Nick Sorsen, uh, that's the benefit of having an internal candidate like Sorsen, who is familiar with the system, doesn't have to change a whole lot. And if he were to change a lot, or sorry, if he were to change anything, it would be something that would fit the personnel, hopefully, ideally, right? Theoretically, because Nick Sorsen is familiar with the personnel and how to best utilize them. That would be the hope, right? So I'm not worried about Brandon Staley and what he has historically run because Brandon Staley is not the defensive coordinator. He's not going to dictate what system is going to be run. So I don't expect the system and the scheme, the defensive scheme, to change much at all. Um but like I said, I, I kind of expect Brennan Staley will just have some game planning help with Nick Sorsen. And I also think that uh, he'll probably maybe help him with some of the admin aspect of, of being an offensive coordinator. Not sure how much admin uh, goes into it. But again, I think Staley could just help lessen that learning curve for, for Sorsen. So. All right, let's see. Let me get to a little more of these comments. Dennis, Nick is not dropping into coverage. Like, Brandon Staley is, again, (laughs) I'm going to say the same thing over again. Brandon Staley is not setting the defensive scheme. He's not changing the defensive scheme. You know why? Because he's not the defensive coordinator, and he's not the head coach. So we need to stop with this, like, Brandon Staley's going to ruin this defense. He's not going to have that big of a hand in the defense. He's like, in my mind, he's going to be a consultant. He's going to be an advisor to Nick Sorsen. 
all right, and like assistant head coach, maybe he'll help Kyle Shanahan in some things, but he's not going to change stuff. That's not his job. That's not his role, at least from what we know right now. Nick Sorson is the defensive coordinator, and he's probably going to keep things as they were, as close as they were with D'Amico Ryans. If I had a guess, I mean, he has experience with D'Amico Ryans' defense and what the 49ers looked like prior to Steve Wilkes. He's familiar with what Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch and, you know, the players want this defense to look. So I don't expect Nick Sorison to have Nick Bosa dropping into coverage. So I think maybe it'll help when we see what Brandon Staley's actual role is. But I think a lot of people are kind of freaking out about Brandon Staley, Brandon Staley, like possibly ruining something with this defense. I just don't see it happening um, because he's not going to have that much control over that. All right. Um, Grizz says, I think it's good. We are not counting on Staley to run the team. Bingo. Thank you. He will be able to focus on the D and by focusing on the defense, like he's not even going to be running the defense. He's just going to be helping things. At least that's kind of, that's how I'm seeing it until we see the actual details of what his role is, his specific role is like, we, I guess we can't really say, but that's kind of my assumption. I mean, if we're expecting Brandon Staley to run the defense and change things and, and, you know, suddenly run a three, four or a three, four hybrid, like why is Nick Sorson even there? You know? <laughs> so again, Nick Sorson is the defensive coordinator. Brandon Staley just going to be helping him out, help Kyle, Kyle Shader hit out and all that. Um, Staley wasn't the defensive coordinator for the Chargers, but I believe he was a defensive play caller, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I did look that up. Yeah. Yeah, I guess he was a defensive coordinator, defensive play caller. Um, I just think it proved to be a lot for him, honestly. Like, obviously, head coach, not his thing, and that's okay. There's a lot of really good coordinators and really good defensive minds that aren't good head coaches look at steve spagnolo don't work out very well when he was a head coach that doesn't mean he can't run a good defense uh he's pretty good at running the defense he's pretty good as a defensive mind and so that's what the 49ers are kind of hoping to tap into and at the same time you know 49ers don't have to worry about brandon staley leaving them for a head coaching job because I don't think anyone is interested in Brandon Staley as a head coach. So that's another positive right there. It can help give stability um, to this defense and to this 49ers team. But I guess we'll see what happens after, uh, you know, during the season. Let's see here. Yeah, I'm seeing, you know, I'm I'm not going to like oppress any of the comments I don't agree with, uh, you know, uh, I don't agree with this. But like Tribe says, moving passing coach to defensive coordinator and bringing in more on more on Staley, such a cloud show. Um, Again, like, I don't know how this is going to play out 
might it play out terribly? Maybe, but like at the same time, we don't know enough about what Brandon Staley is going to actually be doing to like make these sweeping judgments about what he's he can potentially ruin or, or not. So like, I guess I'm. Yep, you guys know. I try to be optimistic. I try to be. I try to let things play out a little bit before I make sweeping judgments. So I have thoughts. I have questions. But at the end of the day, um, I'm going to let it play out. Rob D says, this all feels a little strange. We were waiting for a defensive coordinator to be hired, and they announced signing two coaches. Sometimes more is not better. Too many cooks in the kitchen? Um... Yeah, that's fair, Rob. I mean, I'll say this, though. Brandon Staley, if if we're assuming that Brandon Staley will, in fact, be the assistant head coach, which th- it kind of seems like that's where things are going. Um, I mean, Anthony Lynn was the assistant head coach this past season. And he just left to the commanders. So it was a role that needed to be filled. I guess if you look at it that way, it's not like an extra role that didn't exist this past season. And if nothing else, I think, like I said, Brandon Staley is just going to help with Nick Sorison's transition in addition to being the assistant head coach, which quite honestly, I don't know what being the assistant head coach even entails. Like I don't, I can't tell you what Anthony Lynn's role even was with the team. I, I really don't. Um, I guess we'll find out what Brandon Staley's role uh, would be. Um, Let's see. Jason Lowbridge says, if you don't use Staley to put wrinkles, that would be a shame. Hopefully he can hide coverages better. I I mean, I'm open to the idea of Staley, like, obviously consulting with Nick Sorsen, because at the end of the day, Nick Sorsen being the defensive coordinator should have autonomy over the defense and he should be able to, you know, accept or deny any of Staley's advice for the team. Like if Sorison said, no, like uh, that player doesn't really do that. I don't want to see him do that. Like we're just talking about Nick Bosa dropping into coverage, right? If Brandon Staley was like, oh, I think you should have Nick Bosa dropping into coverage on this one. Nick Sorison has the power to be like, no, like that's the beauty of advice, right? Like you don't have to always take it. So Brandon Staley, he he's open to give his advice. And if Nick Sorison is like, oh, yeah, like that's actually a good idea. We could try it out. There's a new wrinkle. So it's not like it like it's not like any of Staley's ideas are going to get shut down. And it's also not like any of Staley's are ideas are just automatically gonna be implemented no matter how terrible of an idea it is, you know? Um, so I'm sure we might see some wrinkles, some new wrinkles with this defense, you know? But um, at the end of the day, I'm not, again, I'm not too worried about Brandon Staley ruining things because at the end of the day, Nick Sorison, I think, and even Kyle Shanahan, I think, will have the power to veto any of those decisions. So... I think it'll work. 
Yeah, 187 says hopefully the players like them. I mean, like I said, Nick Sorison, I think the players do already like him because he's been in the building. Brandon Staley, like he's new to the building. He's going to be a new face to some of these guys. But I think Brandon Staley going to have less of a player-facing role, if I had to guess. I mean, he's still going to interact with players, but I don't think it's going to be to an extent where it's like, I don't like that guy and we're not going to play as well because of it. Because I feel like with Steve Wilkes, it was kind of like this, I don't trust him, and I don't feel like playing hard for him. Subconsciously, obviously, like, they're not literally saying in their heads, I don't want to play hard for this guy. But, like, human nature, the emotion aspect of the game, it is big. So I do think that did kind of mess with the 49ers uh, at some point last season as well. But I think the fact that the 49ers – Went with the internal candidate of Nick Sorison. It does kind of dispel the possibility of players not liking him. We already know Nick Sorison has, I would imagine, good healthy relationships with these 49ers players. So I'm not too worried about that. Um, <laughs> Rob D says, assistant head coach equals Kyle. How do you want your coffee? Yeah, I mean, look. What One of my desires for the defensive coordinator position was that the 49ers would have someone who can, who obviously is very well experienced, who, you know, could maybe challenge Kyle Shanahan, who maybe had head coaching experience at one point, uh, you know, and again, challenge Kyle, tell him things that maybe he wouldn't tell himself, like, tell him things he wouldn't reevaluate and, you know, come to the conclusion to, I don't know. Like that was kind of my hope for the defensive coordinator position. Uh, I don't, I don't know enough about Brandon Staley to know if he's a yes man or if he's capable of challenging Kyle. I really don't. So I'm not comfortable saying uh, whether he'll do either Nick Sorison, you know, he's been under the 49ers, Kyle Shanahan, uh, for two years, so I don't know if if that means I, I would assume you know he sees Kyle as obviously Kyle is his superior, so that's probably as close to the relationship as they're gonna have. Probably closer to, to a yes man for that reason. Uh, but Brandon Staley, not sure. I I don't know enough about him to to really know what that dynamic is gonna be between Staley and Kyle Shanahan. But the fact that they have the same agent, obviously they knew each other before this. Obviously, there's a mutual respect. And I think that's important because I think at some point with Steve Wilkes, there just wasn't that like trust. Maybe there was respect, but there wasn't that trust. And I think like Kyle Shanahan trusts Brandon Staley. He trusts Nick Sorison. Yeah, I think that's important in all this as well. Uh, Dennis, I want to clarify something. He asked, why do you think Staley is some guru in three years? He set history for most explicit, explosive plays and pass and run. Did I say he was a guru? I didn't say he was a guru. I'm just saying there are some things he does well. Um, and so that's what the 49ers are going to be tapping into. The 49ers probably know just like you on the internet aware of some of the things he is not as good at why would they have him 
work or do those things with them, right? Uh, so again, it's not that I think Staley is a guru. I really don't. He's honestly not my first choice uh, for the 49ers to hire at all. But at the same time, again, it's way overblown. Like how we're making Staley <laughs> be seen as like some bum. Is he a bum head coach? Sure. Sure, you can make that argument, but as far as like defense goes, I wouldn't say he's a bum. I wouldn't say he's a guru either, but he's going to hopefully give Nick Sorison enough guidance um, and provide some advice in, again, game planning and, and maybe adding some new wrinkles that will help the 49ers in the long run. That's my hope, right? It, I'm not making any assumptions on on anything here oh man Callie Young says we're sure fans would see how things go before they condemn the hires Staley will be behind the scenes fans are more worried about Staley than Sorsen yes Callie like dude this is what I'm saying like people are completely dismissing this hiring like 100% and that's why I put out that tweet earlier because it's like um if I recall some of your guys's you know struggles that you had with wanting to have Nick Sorsen as the coach was because he didn't really have the experience. Well, now you have Brennan Staley, who does have the experience as a defensive play caller. And I'm not just talking about, I'm trying to find the tweet. I'm not just talking about um, with the chargers. Like even before that he had defensive play caller and experience answer this question for me. Again, I'll say it again. Fans are worried about whether Nick Sorsen would be ready to be a defensive coordinator. Brandon Staley could help with the learning curve. Fans didn't like Brandon Staley because of how his Chargers defense and team performed with him as a head coach. And by the way, that's totally fair. But guess what? He's not going to be the 49ers head coach, and he's not going to be the 49ers defensive coordinator. So what then are you complaining about, really? Hmm? I think you hit the nail on the head, Callie. That's exactly how I feel um, that, you know, I think people are dismissing this like way too early. Like just God have, have some, <laughs> have some faith, you know, damn. 40 freaking Niners says our defense will be better this next season than last year. I could see it. I mean, I can honestly see it. Like, will could I see some struggles maybe early on in the year? Sure. Um, but dude, that's the whole point, right? Like everyone, there's there's a number of people who are like, I still don't understand why the 49ers let go of Steve Wilkes. He he was a great defensive coordinator. And I don't think that's the point. I think it's the fact that for one, there were a lot of questionable decisions and there were a lot of rifts that Kyle Shanahan and Wilkes had in game mind you which is not ideal at all not productive and then you also have the fact that when it came to run defense this defense did take a step back and there's another area too I was trying to let me try try to find that tweet because I I uh, posted about that too yeah, this tweet right here. This is exactly why Steve Wilkes, in my opinion, 
was let go. And this is from David Lombardi. He says, 49ers defense regressed from number one to number 12 under Steve Wilkes. And that's an EPA per play. Run defense fell from number two to number 27 in EPA per play. And so again, like, Steve Wilkes maybe was good enough. 49ers did go to the Super Bowl after all, so maybe they were good enough. But if you look at the players they had on that defense, good enough is not enough. Like, that needed to be a historic (laughs) defense. When you look at the players that they had, we're going to look back and be like, how was that defense not one of the best defenses to ever play? I mean, if you look at the personnel that they have, and, and a lot of that personnel is returning next season, you expect more. And so I think that's, at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. In addition to, like I said, there being a lack of trust at the end of the day between Steve Wilkes, Kyle Shanahan. I think that hurt. Um, all right. And one question from... 40 freaking Niners. I don't want to swear because I don't want YouTube to take my uh, monetization away. He says, uh, <laughs> hey, Nick. Okay. All right. Nick Bose over here. What do you think of the Chiefs O-line in the Super Bowl? Well, I think they're maybe holding me a lot. I tried to warn the refs about, you know, holds, but they didn't listen. So... Yeah, that's what Nick Bosa thinks about the Chiefs' uh, offensive line in the Super Bowl. But, you know, (laughs) if you're asking me what I think, I would just, you know, the holds are not the reason that the 49ers lost. Um, There were a lot of issues in that game that, you know, I don't want to talk about here. That could take all night. Um, 187 says Wilkes' playoff numbers was awful compared to regular season. Yeah. Uh, it's weird, right? It almost feels like they they were like they were holding on to dear life, that defense was. And they had a hell of a performance, maybe one of their best performances of the season in the Super Bowl. And if what was true that Kyle Shanahan had a hand in the defensive game planning for the Super Bowl. That's not great for Steve Wilkes, like for a variety of different reasons, right? So, yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty clear why the Steve Wilkes thing didn't work out, even if you did think he was good enough. Um, But all right, holy cow, I can't believe, like, guys, like, you guys need to call in. At some point, you guys need to call in. I I do these call-in shows and no one calls in, so I'm just here yapping for a full hour. Um, But I got water with me. So I guess it's good, but yo, thank you so much for tuning in on a Saturday night because that, I mean, that's, that's the best part. Uh, Saturday, you guys are doing this, hanging out with me on a Saturday. You guys crazy. All right. Before I go though, it's combine week. You guys know that I do my draft sheets. So real quick, let me just share my draft sheet. And I, yes, I will go full screen. Uh, give me time to zoom in. All right. Give me a sec. I'm going to make this legible for you guys. Let me remove this. All right. And let me zoom in. All right. So today, you know, so every day the 49ers or we hear about different names the 49ers have met with just because 
the media meets with different position groups every day. So that's why on day one, like we were hearing about a lot of defensive linemen uh, because it was defensive linemen that the media was meeting with. So that's when a lot of the guys who were there were asking, have you met with the 49ers? Um, and so we got a lot of names, right? As far as some of those names that I'm going to just drop some of the names that were intriguing to me uh, throughout all this or just some of the trends that I see, right? Okay, so let's start right about here. Uh, some of the players who met at the Combine with the 49ers. Formal interviews definitely hold more weight than informal. Formal interviews, the 49ers actually have to set that time. The 49ers can only set, and every team in the NFL can, can only set 45 formal interviews at the Combine when you imagine how many players go to the Combine. Um, and I actually have, like, I, I believe I have the full list here. Um... Ooh, still going. So yeah, it's it's 316 or I guess 315 players who were at the combine. The 49ers can only do formal interviews with 45 players. So again, those formal interviews are kind of important too. It it just says the 49ers, these are players they really wanted to speak to for whatever reason, right? It could be a variety of different reasons why they want to speak with a certain player, but it's important that the 49ers meet with them. That's what the formal interview indicates. When it's informal, you know, it's maybe in passing. It's maybe in like, oh, like, hey, very, it, informal. <laughs> you know what informal means. So it's casual um, and it's not like a set time. It's kind of just like I bumped into this player or, you know, I don't know. I don't really know the ins and outs, but it's not one of those set times. Uh, to meet with a player. So it's different. So I just wanted to point that out. Some of the names that I think stood out to me, Austin Booker, pass rusher out of Kansas, Javon Solomon, um, pass rusher out of Troy, uh, DJ James, corner. There's a couple corners the 49ers met with, and actually some that would go earlier than you would have thought the 49ers would go for uh, corner four, I guess. Um saying that correctly, uh, defensive tackle, a number of defensive tackles the 49ers did meet with a uh, couple safeties. But like I said, uh, Theo Johnson's an interesting one. He was one of the most athletic. Uh, if you look at RAS score, which is relative athletic score, Theo Johnson had close to a 10, and that's the highest a athlete can get. Uh, so Theo Johnson, freak athlete, uh, out of Penn State. Sion Vaki didn't test as well, but intriguing name to me for the 49ers. Couple tight ends. You know, I thought it was interesting. The 49ers, like, it seems like they're looking at tight ends quite uh, more than I kind of figured they would. And that's surprising to me just because they took two tight ends last year, uh, including Cameron Latu in the third round, which, you know, that's that's pretty significant. And then Braden Willis in the seventh. So I wasn't figuring the 49ers would need a tight end, but thinking about the future, thinking about life, you know, after George Kittle, it definitely makes some of these names a little more interesting. So Jaheim Bell, dude, he's a dude. Um, Jared Wiley, both of those guys tested really well at the combine as well. Those are intriguing names. And if you look at these corners, um, a couple of these corners are just like, 
outside guys, but Andrew Phillips, for example, is a nickel corner. Uh, definitely someone that I think like the 49ers could could look at as as like potentially a day one starter uh, for their nickel spot and, you know, move Lenore back to the outside. That's an option for them. Kool-Aid McKinstry. So the 49ers did have a formal interview with him. What's interesting about him is that he's probably projected to be a first round pick earlier than 31, I would think. But he had a, I forget what his actual injury was. It was like a fractured something. So he didn't participate in any of the drills after his uh, medicals and after finding that out. And so that could have him potentially drop a bit, which is interesting because the 49ers, if they want to go for top corner, Kool-Aid McKinstry could potentially fought of them at 31 and you know if you're going best player available you could feel good about a move uh like that i mean he's a corner from alabama definitely some dogs that come out of there as we know now a lot of wide receivers that the 49ers have met with at as well and again i'll say this the 49ers like have to be prepared for any, every single scenario and you might look at some of these names and you'd be like man those are like early in the draft guys, like maybe potentially first round, maybe like second round wide receivers. Why would they be looking at investing in a wide receiver that early? Well, I'll just say this, like, I think as scouts, like they got to be prepared for any scenario, including a scenario. And even if, if it's an unlikely scenario that the 49ers maybe trade Brandon Ayuk again, I see it as an unlikely scenario, but just in case they were blown away and absolutely blown away by an offer. I'm talking first round pick plus some more and more. Um, the 49ers would have to be prepared to then draft a wide receiver. So if you didn't do any of your homework on any of the wide receivers, you'd kind of be screwed. So in my mind, the 49ers, in addition to looking at moving on from Debo Samuel, maybe in a year or two, maybe, uh, you know, looking at some wide receivers, right? And, you know, we don't know how Ronnie Bell is going to develop. There's some interesting names here for the wide receiver group. Xavier Leggett is definitely a good one from South Carolina. Lad McConkey is a guy who at the Senior Bowl definitely made a lot of noise. He met with uh, all 32 teams uh, between the Combine and the Senior Bowl is what he said. Luke McCaffrey, as we know, <laughs> You know, Christian McCaffrey's younger brother, he met with the 49ers sometime between the Senior Bowl and the Combine. Uh, that, you know, gives me the sense that it's kind. Of, it was kind of something informal. Xavier Worthy had a hell of a day testing today in the drills. He had, did he, did he break the record for the 40 or did he tie it? Regardless, that is really impressive. He had a formal interview with the 49ers at the Combine. If the 49ers are looking for speed, Xavier Worthy, clearly uh, one of those guys who could help take the top off of any defense um, and open things up underneath. Brennan Rice, of course, as you guys know, Jerry Rice's son, another intriguing one. He had a formal interview with the 49ers as well, but he's going to get a lot of interest from other teams too. So um, another legacy player in this draft. What an exciting time. Uh, Frank Gore Jr., he met informally at the combine with the 49ers. And what's interesting about this, and I guess going into running backs, 
if you look at all the name, all the running backs the 49ers met with, they were all informal. So 49ers clearly not prioritizing running back, in my opinion, just based on this information. Uh, but I will say this. I will say this. Here, just, just kind of skipping ahead here. Isaac Garendo from Louisville was like, I think he was the fastest running back from the groups today. He met informally at the combine, another informal running back meeting for the 49ers. But uh, in one of the interviews, and I believe it was the draft network put out an interview, shout out Justin Mello from the draft network. He, in that interview with Isaac, Isaac said, uh, I forget what the exact quote was. So Justin said he garnered interest from the 49ers, but the exact quote from Isaac, I'm trying to find it right now. Apologies for the delay while I scroll through here. My God, what was it? Is that the 49ers have been up there on my list is what Isaac said um, in terms of the teams that have shown him the much, uh, the most interest. So I thought that was interesting. Garendo is fast. like, he is fast. When you look at Garendo and you look at the fact that the 49ers also met with um, Xavier Worthy, they're looking at speed, probably looking at the dolphins and like, yo, I want some of that speed. Like where can we get that? <laughs> so, I mean, it, it would definitely help them in uh, some different areas, but anyway, running back, not as big a priority, but some intriguing names. Lots of offensive tackles. Lots of tackles. You guys going to love this. The 49ers met with just about, <laughs> it seemed like every tackle that was there. Um, the most intriguing names, Amarius Mims out of Georgia. He's one of the top prospects uh, of this tackle class. Um, Jordan Morgan. Kingsley Suomataya, who is, he's, I see him in every like 49ers mock draft that fans put out. Like Kingsley is, is definitely one of those guys I think to keep an eye on. He's out of BYU uh, and he had a formal interview with the 49ers. So keep an eye on that. Another interesting report that we got today. This one was from Tony Pauline. Uh, he said that the 49ers showed a lot of interest in Jatavion Sanders. He was a tight end out of Texas also tested very well at the combine he met with all 32 teams i believe it was at the shrine bowl so 49ers not the only team interested in a guy like that but tony pauline specifically named three teams including the 49ers to have shown a lot of interest so i thought that was interesting and again more names of offensive linemen who the 49ers met with talise fuaga at oregon state definitely an interesting one he didn't meet with the 49ers at the combine he met with them at the senior bowl but still intriguing to me christian haynes out of yukon um is another one as well that i find interesting i think he figures as more of a guard at least coming out of college so exciting times i mean definitely some I love this time of the year just to see what the 49ers are up to. If you guys don't know about my draft sheet, like check the link in the bio. I put the link down there so you guys can take a look at this if you want. There's a lot of information, not just about, you know, the players the 49ers are meeting with, uh, but the type of interest that they have with that player. And you will also see on the right, there's, there's information 
on every prospect the 49ers have met with, including their measurables, prior schools, injury history, things like that. Um, just a little disclaimer. Uh, I do still have to update this draft sheet with the combine numbers. So stay posted or stay tuned on that. Uh, I'll keep you posted when I finish those updates. But yeah, man, exciting, exciting times. I love this time of the year. Uh, so yeah, make sure you guys like this video. Make sure you subscribe to the channel if you have not yet. I'm so sorry for like blabbing for like over an hour. You guys are awesome though for, I guess, listening for that whole time. And again, I mean, I, I figure you probably, you know, like it. You know, you, you like being here if if you've been here this whole time. So make sure you like the video in that case and subscribe. Audio listeners, leave a review. Always appreciate that as well. Steph49K on all social media platforms. Um, I'm going to go back and touch grass and, and sit on the couch and, and watch Netflix shows. All right. Maybe Love is Blind. I don't know. I already watched Love is Blind. I'm all caught up. But. <laughs> for now have a good rest of your saturday have a good rest of your weekend i'll be back on monday peace guys see ya